Starting her first business at 21, she began with the goal of ensuring she could afford diapers for her first child. She's since surpassed earnings of $1 million a year and has over 1,000 people under her leadership, including her husband and four more little ones. She is a type 8 challenger on the Enneagram and uses her big energy and even bigger heart to continue to impact the legacies of those who are fortunate enough to come into her presence. I'm glad to welcome Laura Bangar to the More Than Numbers Enneagram for Business podcast. Enjoy. Laura Bangar, we are so excited to have you on our podcast today. Welcome to More Than Numbers Enneagram for Business. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you all. I can't wait for our listeners to hear your story and how you are impacting culture and and have made a name for yourself and are doing all these great things. I know that our listeners are going to take away some great things. I was going through your website and one of the first things that I noticed was that you had mentioned that your business started off by can this afford diapers? Uh, So can we, can our listeners please just hear like a little bit more of that? Cause I know there's a great story in there. So um, I had been married for about two years. I was working full time. My husband was working three jobs and we were expecting our first child. And growing up, I was homeschooled my entire life. Came from a family of six. So it was just a big family homeschooled and I always thought, you know what, when I grow up, I want to be an important person. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to work my way up the corporate ladder, and I'm just going to retire CEO one day of a corporation. But when I became pregnant with my first child, and after I had her, I was like, oh my gosh, I just want to be home with my child, but I still want a professional life. I still want something that I can do, something that I can give back with. And so it got me interested in becoming my own boss. And um, when I, after I had her, I was like, we have got to figure out a way, you know, that we can afford diapers and allow me to quit my corporate job. So that, that's how that came about. (laughs) When you, when you have an idea, when you have a, something set ahead that you want to accomplish, it's like, what is it going to take for me to get that? But I love that you prioritized your family. uh, and, And I bet that that's paying off now sure and we've gone on to have four more children so priorities you know it's, it's taken um, I've had to learn how to navigate that and you know keep family first and all but I am so glad that you know when I had that first child I made her a priority to where I could continue to do that as we grew our family have since you've had four more children since then has diapers and how many how much you can afford been the metric to which you scale your business like we have five kids now so we got to scale the business here increase increase everything's increasing (laughs) i love that but you mentioned that you wanted to be your own boss and so what about that i don't want to give away your enneagram type just yet because i know lamar's going to ask about that but what about being your own boss was attractive to you early on several different things but most of all was being able to prioritize my family and be present for my child like i said i love working i love the corporate world and helping there But after I had her, I realized I did not want to pay someone to raise her for me. You know, like I knew that my calling was to my family and to me, raising her and being a present mother was something I was so passionate about. And um, that's, that's what led me there. I've heard many people say, I can't start my own business because I just had a job. 
and you're like, I'm starting my business because I have a job. I have a brand new baby. So well, can you? If nothing changes, you know, and I, I knew that to be more present, I had to figure out a different way because working a full-time corporate job was not going to allow that. So I had to get creative with it. So what was the idea that you had for your business? And then how did it develop into an actual uh, business? So I honestly, I, I, I joke all the time and tell people I was willing to do anything legal that would pay me fast. So I just had to get um, just look into different opportunities and try to figure out, okay, what's the best fit for me? What most aligns with what I'm excited about and what's the biggest way that I can give back. Um, and so the, the route that I chose was just very attractive because it wasn't just about, you know, creating an income, but it was also about making a difference. And that's, that's how that came about. Love that. And what was your, what role did your husband play in getting things started? So he was the supportive husband. He's always been one that, he has advice and help, you know, if I go to him, but he's never been one to try to tell me what to do. So if I've gone to him with this idea, he's like, I know you can do it. Let's figure it out. So he, he, he played the supportive role for me, which was everything. That is huge. The speed of the spouse. Absolutely. Really That's what really dictates our success. If our spouse isn't running, we can't move at our pace, right? right? Which we're going to have the tendency to do. I'm giving up your Enneagram type. We're going to get to that very, I'm so excited about it. All right, everybody. She's an eight. All right, there. I said it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we want to move at our pace and our pace is almost superhuman, but we can't do that, especially when we're married, we have to be able to empower our spouse to run at a certain pace, because that's really the speed in which we move. And that's a good thing. We, we never want to be leaving them behind because, you know, the health at home dictates the health in our businesses. So, so that kind of takes us towards the Enneagram. How did you discover it in the first place? So I discovered it first in a small group we were having um the church we attended had a what we called care group and so it was a group of women who would get together once a month and they were covering the enneagram and i was like what in the world is this and so i took the test took another one took another one and the more that i read about it i was like oh my gosh this is incredible and then just just diving into it and like really being able to put terms and understand the way that I made, you know, it just, it just opened a huge door for me. So, th so that's how I, that's how I found it. Yeah. When you say open that door, what did that look like? Oh my gosh. So just really understanding myself and my thoughts better. Um, because I was the only eight female in my family. And so I, most of my, our, my sisters and my mom, they're twos and nines. And so I always thought that I was just the one that was outspoken or like didn't think through things or, you know, I was, some of the things I would say would come across as hurtful. And I, was, I would always be like, I'm just trying to help, you know, and understanding one of the biggest revelations for me was for me, I can make a decision and not think about it again. Like I trust my decision-making well, my sister who was a nine, it would be hard to make a decision. And I would be like, it's not that hard to make a decision, but then studying the Enneagram and realizing the differences in the numbers, I thought just as easy as it is for me to make one, it's as difficult for her. And so it, I was just like, I have got to have a little bit more compassion or patience with decision-making for people just because, you know, it's different for everyone. So that was like one of my biggest revelations was it's not always easy to make a decision for people. My goodness. And I think what you're, I'll let you jump in Keanu, but uh, 
what it's helped me do is just forgive people for them not being like you. And you always think like that person is weird or I'm weird. (laughs) Why is this not working for me, but working for them? But it really taught me how to forgive myself and forgive others. Yeah, that's so good. I was working with a client recently. They're actually in financial services and they want to increase exponentially as far as the advisors that they're bringing into the company. And uh, they were talking about their training program and how they're really comfortable with their training program, but the type of people they're wanting to recruit, I commend them. They actually really want to shift to recruiting more women because it's not a women, it's a men dominant industry. And we were talking about the training program and he was telling me about it. They have an awesome program and I was realizing, and I see it more and more in development, it's, it's David and Saul. It's Saul saying to David on the battlefield before Goliath, here, here's my armor, right? And so often leaders and developers, we know what worked for us. So then we say, hey, Lamar, here's my armor, try it on. And David had to have the understanding to say, that doesn't work for me. That does not fit me. And as a matter of fact, if I put that on, I'm going to go out there and get slain. But that's the tendency for leaders is to develop people or to train people based on their experience and not that person's understanding. I can imagine your sister as a nine, if you're trying to develop her to do things your way, that's going to crush her or she's going to leave. And so often that's happening in businesses. Hey, do it this way. This worked for me, but that's not my armor. So two sides, we as leaders have to know that about our people. And then our people have to know that about themselves to say that just doesn't work for me, but I can find my way. And the Enneagram just helps to accelerate that. So I am, I'm willing to bet that you use this as far as growing your businesses. So first, tell us about your business and what you do or businesses, and then how the Enneagram has helped you in developing and growing your business and your team. Yeah, so I started the skincare Uh, my skincare business about nine years ago and I build organizations and um, sell skincare and then the second business that has kind of been a spinoff of that is coaching others who are in our industry who develop leaders create teams and build organizations and the coaching business that I started is just to help those with culture and creating culture and just understanding the need of having an organization that is very empowering, having a great culture, and just being very aware of of the the culture that we're creating. Um, So as far as how I use the Enneagram through it is I have people, I have thousands of people within my organization, which means there's all different types of people. And just really, I, I took a deep dive into each number and then figured out those, some of my top leaders on, in my organization, just figuring out what type, what their numbers are so I can better understand. And then I will read about my, an H relationship with the three or an H relationship with the five and just trying to understand how I can better encourage and equip and challenge, but also just create an environment while they, well, where they still feel empowered and loved and, and celebrated. Because like you said, it's just, my, my armor is not someone else's and vice versa. Like just really, truly trying to understand uh, the best way I can help them thrive within my organization. I'm sure they so much so appreciate that. And there's no surprise that you have 1000 people in your organization. You don't get that big by not being relational and having some serious interpersonal skills. So why skincare and walk us through how you, you had mentioned starting your business because, Hey, this needs to pay for diapers. But that's no small feat to have 1,000 people now. Uh, why that industry and, and how did that get started for you? So back in 
2012 when I was looking, I had just not really an idea of exactly what, what I wanted to get into, but I wanted to get into something that I knew would create a difference. And I suffered with acne as a teenager. I knew how bad that, you know, um, the effect that it had on my self-esteem. And I just knew that when someone, when you can create confidence with someone within their skin or, or a, a skin condition that they have, whether it's eczema or acne or whatever it is, being able to provide a solution can completely change their life. So when I found out about this company and dug deep into it, I realized, okay, this, this is the route I want to go. I trust the products. I knew that it was a way to really help someone. So that's, that's what had me attracted to that. Gosh, I, I, I hear the, the, the paths of the eight popping out in this conversation from I did the research, I dove in, what does the relationship with the eight look like the three and then the eight, to, and then like I applied it, how do I challenge that? I just absolutely love that and admire that about you and Keanu is the fact that you can take research into action very quickly, but then it's all deeply rooted into just this burning desire to help people. Right. Uh, and with every person that we've interviewed on this podcast, it's always so others focused. Um, so would you mind speaking to that why being having that others focused mentality is so important as you're running your businesses? Well, you know, and I don't think it's just limited to business. I believe it's just in every aspect of life. There's just so, so much to say about it, but I, for me, I love loving people and I love seeing them be able to do and be more than they ever thought possible. Um, and so that, that for me is just everything. So it's, like I said, it's not just limited to business. It's just life in general. Like, let's just love each other. Let's empower each other. And together we can go further and accomplish more. And it's just, it's just something I'm so passionate about. It's just working together, being together, and changing the world together. It's, it's, it's not big enough to not change the world. Like if we're not changing the world, I don't want to be a part of it. And I, I love talking to fellow eights because they just, they just get it. And, you know, again, I, I find more and more that every type dislikes their type, except for eights. I find that eights are like, I love this about me. And every other type's like, why is mine the worst? Like, no, it's not. Um, but you mentioned earlier that when you were trying to help people and you try to care for people, you would feel that, or they would identify or share that you were aggressive or intense or, you know, confrontational, but ultimately you were trying to help them. That is a tension that I know all too well. So how have, how have you recognized that and how do you manage that tension? Because I know it still happens. Can you describe that tension for you, but also specifically as, as a woman, uh, a woman eight and a man eight are seen in very different lenses and talked about in very different ways. So I'd love to get that perspective from you. Yeah, so for me personally, after becoming aware of the Enneagram and understanding how I operate, um, if there was like a situation or, or when I was having a one-on-one -on -one with a leader or any type of conversation that was needed to be had, first of all, I figured out what number they were. And then I had to, had to be very mindful of how I approach the situation because I want to do it in a way that they feel so respected, so loved and understand that I'm just here to help. And my husband, he's a five, so I can come across it and just like make him feel like, oh my gosh, she's so mad. I'm like, I'm not mad at all. I'm just so excited. I'm trying to help. We got to fix this. If I was mad, you would 
No, it's Matt. Um, so just understanding like my tone and the way in which <laughs> the way in which I come across and just being mindful of the way they perceive it. And, you know, sometimes I'm not saying I, I do it well, but after learning the Enneagram and learning, okay, well, this is how I can be misunderstood. So how can I better be aware of that and approach the situation in a different way? Um, so that's, that's how, oh my gosh, I, I just love it. Like if I'm mad, you will know that I'm mad. That just had me cracking up <laughs> because on the other end, I've seen Keanu and he's like, I'm not mad. I'm like, well, you look mad and you feel mad to me. So, and like you said, you have to be aware of their perception. So, um, all throughout your website, you mentioned culture. Where do you think people make mistakes in this area for their own businesses? And this is so multifaceted. And I wouldn't even say that it's must, a mistake or what I really focus on, I wouldn't say is a mistake, but maybe just not even a realization that every action that we take is building culture. Culture is not just having a nice vision statement or, you know, chant, this is who we are, whatever. It is about the daily action. It's about the behaviors. It's about what you're allowing and a lot of times I don't think people realize like every decision is building your culture. Um, so it just, just really being aware. And that's something that I have just noticed over the last, you know, almost decade of working with leaders is everything is building your culture. It's not just what you want it to be. It's not just the vision that you have for it. Your behavior is off record building your culture, you know, so just really being aware. So for you, what are some things that you and your team do to make sure that every action is adding to the culture? Right. So, well, just like, for instance, I am the type of person that I am no drama. Like, I don't want to, we, we're not dealing with drama. And from the very beginning, for me, it's always been like, if there's a problem, let's talk about it. So really have an open communication about everything. And like I said, the no drama side of things, if someone, if I see someone rise or hear the gossip, like you got to shut that down, you know, feeding that is not creating a no drama environment. <laughs> so just again, being very mindful and um, just, just being aware of, of those things. No surprise. Conflict resolution is probably such a great strength of yours. Uh, it was funny because I remember when my wife and I, when we were interviewing to work with Elevation Church, they asked about conflict resolution and they said, rate yourself on a scale of one to 10. And uh, they had us go at the same time. And I said nine and she said 10. And I, and this before we knew about the Enneagram, of course. And for me, it was always like, hey, if there is conflict, we're going to get to it. We're going to address it right then and there. And so it's it when I found out that we as eights actually enjoy conflict or we see just the merits and the benefit and the value of it, it all started to click and start to leverage that as a strength. So um, I want to I want to hear about specifically 2020. I think it taught us more and more how important it is to have a strong culture and what culture actually means. Were there anything that was there anything that you learned specifically in 2020 that like, okay, now I'm going to apply that into developing businesses or this surfaced or maybe some different patterns that you had realized in working with businesses through that time? Well, so I think the thing that I realized more than anything is we need each other <laughs> and having a safe place for people. I feel like we did well with that even before COVID, but being, um, in the middle of 2020 and not being able to be with the teams and with the leaders, just kind of being more intentional of meeting up virtually and that type thing. Um, so I think we did really well with it prior. 
but I've realized the need of each other, a safe community, a place to where we can share our feelings and not be offended or not, you know, just, just a safe place for everyone. Share it, no judgment. Let's get through this together. Like we're not going to get through this well without each other and respecting each other and learning from each other and moving forward. So for, for me, my biggest realization was we just have to have each other even more than I thought we did. I love that. So we all know that building a business has its highs and its lows. What did that look like? Highs and lows first getting started uh, compared to what that looks like today. Not much has changed as far as when the lows come or the highs come, but it is kind of different because of the, the, the pace we run at now and the size we are now. So it's like everything changed, but nothing did. Highs are still highs, lows are still lows. So I would say getting started, the lows would be people who didn't support or people who um, may have had a different type of opinion than what I was set out to really do. Like they just perceived me in a certain way or judged me in a certain way. Um, but I just had to learn, you know, people's opinions don't pay bills and people's opinions can't stop me from, from what I need to do. Um, and if I, you know, tried to please everybody, I couldn't get anything done. <laughs> For every person in the world, there's a different opinion. So I just always tell people like, do the right thing. Always do the right thing. Let the Lord take care of the rest. And as long as you are doing the right thing, he will. And, you know, be mindful. Don't be, don't be rash. Don't, don't fight back. Just love them, love them and do the right thing. And so for me, that's just one thing that I had to learn early on is I won't ever have everyone's approval, but you know what? That's okay. I can still love them regardless if they support me or even like me. I can still have love for that person and find the people who do need me and who do need my product or who do need, you know, my coaching or whatever. Um, there's people out there who need me and I'm not going to let those who don't be the ones to stop me. Mm. I can tell by the way you light up as you're talking about the way you want to serve and love on people that it's so genuine and true that I can only imagine that when you first got started with the heart set out to truly help people and then they might have rejected you or thought of you some way or oh she's just trying to sell me something Laura's not really it in this for that how much that could sting yeah. but man that quote opinions don't pay the bills my goodness, we that needs to go right behind you or something or, or all over the place because athletes need to hear that. Uh, financial advisors need to hear that. Everyone really does. Where did that come from? I don't even know. <laughs> Experience, that's where. It's that, it's that rebellious nature there that like, but even as, that, that's the thing is that even, even eights, uh, as tough as we may be, still that, that it stings when people uh, have that thought. And I've really leaned into and started to just understand, I know that I want to work on proving those that thought well of me, right, rather than proving those that think ill of me wrong, right? I have, even if it's just two people that say like, you know, Lamar and my wife, they're like, hey, we want to see you win. I'm going to focus on proving them right, instead of all these other negative people, because where your focus goes, your energy follows. So I don't want my energy going to these negative places. I want to go into those positive places, but that's still a constant tension, you know, every day, because even now you're at 1000 people. And, and it's funny how people continue to compare you, even as you grow, they're like, who are you trying to be this? And then all of a sudden, you know, Laura, who are you trying to be L'Oreal? Right. And it's like, nope, still better. You know, <laughs> um, 
Let's talk about the type eight. Speaking of more and growing and continuously pushing yourself, the dominant struggle for a type eight is excess or lust. And it's fun because I love to leverage that struggle as a strength, but it is a very real struggle as well, because it's just always more for the sake of more. And uh, so how have you seen that as a weakness? And then also how have you leveraged that as a strength in growing and building businesses? So as a weakness is, it's just always there, you know, how can, what else can I do? What else can I do? And then when I'm not doing something, oh man, I'm not doing anything with my life. Like I'm just such a failure now, you know, like, what am I doing? I'm not making a difference or whatever. Um, So as a weakness, it would be one of those things to where I was just upset at myself for, for taking a break or, or whatever. Um, But as far as a strength, I would say that when I, when I have understood um, the struggle that I had with, um, having to achieve more or trying to think and, and just outdo the last thing I did. Um, what's helped me is just be very mindful and really sitting down and saying, okay, what matters most at this point? And it's okay to take a break. You have to take a break. You can't run at full capacity all the time. And without breaks, you can't get creative. Like for me, when I take a break and, and have a few days and turn everything off, that's when I get to think. And that, I guess that's still kind of like, oh, I'm thinking of something else, but it just helps me just be creative, more and more creative, you know, and gives me time to, to, to just really take a break and take it all in and appreciate what I've done. I believe appreciating what you've already done is something that you, that's very vital. Um, and for me doing this for almost 10 years, I've just realized like, you know, Lord, if, if it's something that you have, help me know what the next step is and help me know what it is that you want me to do versus let it just be something that, is my personal goal. Like I want to make sure that this is what you have for me. And if it's not, then I don't even want to do it. Um, so that, that the weakness would be just never wanting to turn off. And then the strength would be um, just really spending time with the Lord and praying for discernment on, okay, what is the next thing? So good. And the transition into what I was thinking about next is so good. You, you really set it up because eights really value control and power. And yet there's this dichotomy that eights realize, especially in Christ, that, hey, the greatest power is actually in surrendering uh, to him. So you said, you know, you go to God and you really, you know, surrender to what he wants. And so what is, how do you manage that? If it's anything different, all right, I want to be powerful and I want to be in control. However, I know who's ultimately in control. How do you navigate that personally? Well, I guess just from experience, I know that when I try to run things, it's horrible. (laughs) It ends up blowing up or something, you know? So I I genuinely want what he wants because I know that's what's best for me, regardless if it looks different or slower or whatever. I always know in the end, that's what's best. And I believe that's taken time to get there. I've not always been that way, but I know that by trusting him, he's always going to work it out and present and do even better than what I could do or what I could think of. You know, Ephesians 3.20 has always been my verse um, throughout my business. And it's it's, it's just really learning to trust him. And I'm not saying I'm perfect at it by any means, but I know that the ultimate win is when he is in control and guiding me. And he will pave the way and put the people in front of me at that point that I am made to help or coach or build, whatever it is. The Lord's the the best best director. Amen. Amen. Yeah. It's a, I have a mentor that talks about 
having the king in the driver's seat or the priest. And the king is our ambition where we want to, you know, we want to really drive and the priest is the spirit. So always being mindful of, all right, who is in the driver's seat? And when I was looking into leaving uh, Elevation and starting my business, I wanted to do it back in January of 2020, but I knew that the ambition was the driver. And I know I knew enough of myself and all of my past, past experiences and careers that every time I jumped on ambition alone, it just was, was not quite right. So I really wanted God to be in the forefront of it. So it took six months, but in June, that's when I got the confirmation from God, where I believe that he said, if you step out on these plans that I gave you, these are my plans, not yours. I'll bring, I'll, I'll bring the growth. I'll bring the people. I'll bring the success, if you will. And so when I realized, okay, how could I think so much of myself to think that, oh, these are my plans. This is my idea. This is my strategy. No, it's so much more, uh, it, you, you find so much more peace in knowing that, all right, these are God's. I'm just walking in them. Don't look at me. I'm just doing what he said to do. It takes so much pressure off of ourselves when we actually surrender control. There's so much more power in realizing who is actually in control. I love that. Man, this is such a, I'm so glad that we got into this topic. Uh, I love that we're now talking about faith here at True Strategy. We never shy from that. We love everyone and everybody, but at the end of the day, we know what we stand on. And it's so amazing to be able to have that open dialogue. Uh, and I'm like, I hate to transition away from it, but I do want to make sure that we add in some, uh, maybe some practical tips or tiny little tidbits or tactical strategies that might help someone's business today. Um, what has been from a tactical standpoint could be around admin or marketing or staffing or networking in general that would you said had had made a good difference in your business? So I'm going to add to that, take it a step further. I think the biggest, biggest, biggest thing for me is discipline, having discipline. Um, a lot of times I believe our feelings, we let dictate what we do each day, whether it's knowing um, what we should do, but don't feel like doing or um, whatever that looks like. But having the discipline to do it is what has just completely kept me on track per se for the last nine years, even in the highs and the lows. Um, because when it's low, it's low. You know, you don't want to do anything. You're like, I've given it my all. I've done everything. I'm just going to take a break. Um, but just stay in discipline and not letting our feelings be a dictator of what we actually do. Um, but to kind of answer your question in a different sense, too, I believe as far as um, a tactical way that has helped me improve is finding people that are like minded. Um, the people that I have working with for me and with me. Um, I've always been the type of person that, believe it or not, if someone has worked for me or her, has built something for me and I didn't like it, I wouldn't tell them, okay? Because I do not want to hurt people. And in the past, I have accepted, accepted things um, that I probably shouldn't have just because I didn't want to hurt someone. So through the years, I've realized, you know what? Let me make sure that I love their work. Let me make sure that they, that we can work well together. Let me make sure that me giving feedback is not offensive. Let, let's make sure that we can work well together. So the team I have now, um, one, of, one of my um, people for marketing, when, when I first hired her, she's like, look, I want you to tell me every single thing you do not like. I was like, oh, freedom, okay, I will. Um, so just being very mindful of who you bring on and who you hire, just make sure that 
um, you like their style, you, you like, you know, the things they've created and that you can work well together because you don't want to hire someone who takes it personal when you give, give feedback or, you know, that is just completely um, has a different style or a different, different approach to things. And I believe, you know, there's room for everyone, but as far as like really moving forward and working and building together, you've got to have like-minded people and just being very mindful of that. Yeah. Yeah. For people that know eights, they're probably wondering, well, she said that she's afraid to hurt people. I thought eights love hurting people. Look, that is look, I, all the time. I am a saved eight. <laughs> yes. Yes. It, it's so true. Eights never want to uh, hurt. It just happens that way. And I find that when I'm afraid of hurting people or I hold things in because yes, Lamar, the things that I want to say and the things that I say are drastically different. I find that it's always attached to the fear of betrayal. So I don't want to hurt someone because eights, of course, are so uh, weary of that. And, and the fulfillment for an eight is knowing you will not be betrayed. Yes. And we know that the only way that we actually find that fulfillment is in Christ because everyone else can walk away. But what he did says, he will never betray me. He'll never forsake me nor leave me. Right. And so I find that that's what connects that to me, not wanting to hurt people. Is that the same for you as far as that fear of betrayal? Now that you say it, I'm sure. I'm sure that's what it is. I've never thought of it that way, but I, I'm sure that's the root of it. Wow. Well, I'm glad we were able to uh, at, at really add some quick value in that way as far as eights. But, you know, that's what makes an effective coach and an effective leader is always figuring out what am I wrestling with? What are my tensions? And then how can I take that and apply it? And if we're not growing ourselves, of course, John Maxwell calls it the law of the lid, then we, you know, we stop uh, others growth. So Laura, this has been really awesome. I want to, before we close, we believe that when you accelerate relationships, you accelerate results. And the way that we got to that is as I was building the business and saying, you know, I have all this experience, law enforcement, military, ministry, financial services, all this leadership experience, and I want to use this tool to help you grow your business. It, it just didn't land on people. Well, how can that personality tool really help me grow my business? And that's when we landed on, well, okay, what do we do? We accelerate relationships to accelerate results. So what's your take on that statement? And how have you seen that to be true in your business experience? So I believe, like I said earlier, when you work together, you go further. And when you have that relationship with people, people crave relationship, people need relationship. And when you have that, then I was reading a book one day that said when when people believe in what they're doing and what they're a part of, you don't even have to ask them to bring their best self to work. You don't have to ask them to perform when they are in a relationship that, that is a genuine and authentic and vision minded relationship. You're just going to automatically just do better. And so I, I agree with that. Like relationship, you know, it will drive results for sure. Thank you so much for being on this podcast. This has been such a wonderful pleasure um, one last thing before we close it out. What's just one thing you want to leave to our listeners? If they were not to remember anything about your conversation with us today, what do you hope that they get away? Mm, I like it. So I, my, I believe my mission in life is to make people, there's two things, feel loved. Okay. You are so loved. No matter how you feel, no matter what you've been taught, you are loved and you are created for a reason. And number two is there is no dream that you have within you that is too big to be accomplished. If you have this dream, go after it. It is yours for a reason. And just know that you are loved 
you are capable and you are given that dream or goal for a reason. So go out and do it. Yes, I am so encouraged. I'm just in my second year now of building my business. And I know that I'm encouraged and I'm excited to just hear and glean from your experience. So I know uh, most of our demographic right now are people that are aspiring uh, business owners and entrepreneurs. But from that person to the seasoned business owner, I know that there's a lot of value they're going to take from this. So just thank you so much for your time and for what you're continuing to do to bless others and using your tool, your business as a tool for ministry and for impact. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed it. And I love learning from you guys. Uh, so Laura, after hearing this podcast, I know we're going to have many people wondering how the heck they can get connected to you. Uh, and I know we have several fee- uh, several listeners that will need skincare products. And I know just from your personality alone, they're going to be like, I need to know at least what's going on with their products. So how can they learn more, get access to your products? How do they connect with uh, you and your team? All right. So very simple. You can actually do it all in one spot. And you can head over to Instagram. My handle is my name. It's Laura Bangar. And just click follow and you have all the needs you have met there. Well, thank you so much. This has been a wonderful pleasure. Uh, your soul is so beautiful. And I know that there's an exact reason as to why you are where you're at today. It is not by an accident. So I thank God for the fact that you've been able to spend this time with us today. Thank you so much, guys. I've appreciated it. I'll talk with you all soon. Thank you, Laura.